Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by Sinusoid Cables. They make all kinds of awesome cables. I've been using them on all my demos, all my playing. I use Sinusoid. I love them. They've never failed on me once. And even if they did fail, there's a hundred year guarantee. I know they can get a new working cable within a hundred years of purchase date. They're the pet parrot of cables, Sinusoid Cables. How many years is a hundred years, Ryan? A hundred. It is 100 years. Cool. <laughs> this episode is also brought to you by Walrus Audio. They make a lot of pedals, but the one we want to talk about is the Monument Harmonic Tremolo. This thing just hit the market. Um, we did a little demo for it. And let me tell you, it sounds fan-freaking-tastic. And it better. They've been teasing this thing for like two years. Like every NAM, they bring it out. And like, oh, this is going to come out soon. It's finally out. They've been working on it real hard for a long time to get it just right. And I think they knocked it out of the park with this one. I really do. It's a lot of fun. It's just like it's got fun features, but at its core, it is a rock solid, like legit, like tone monster tremolo. Like I'm a big fan of it. Tone monster. Tonemonster.com. It's got to be somebody's website for sure, right? Mm. <laughs> so apparently, going back to Sinusoid, a couple episodes ago, I dropped the. Uh, uh, adopt a pet sinusoid.com or something like that. And <laughs> they went and got that domain. <laughs> Sinusoidadoptapet.com. I don't know. Like every time we drop a weird domain name, they go and buy it. Tone Monster is a is a brand of guitar amps. Why are we doing this during ads? I don't know. All right. Uh, you mean during sponsorships? This is an ad. Right, right. Sponsorships. All right, guys. Uh, let's play that theme music. Hey, this is Ryan. And this is Steve, and you are listening to 60 Cycle Hub, um, the guitar buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, playing, reviewing, breaking podcast. <coughs> I'd make a terrible monk. I ran out of hum juice. Oops. Yeah, before you were finished. Uh, this is worth the point of the show where you ask me what's new. Ryan, tell yes. me about your pink Dean. I mean, your black Dean. <laughs> I'll tell you about my pink Dean, Steve. So I got that uh, that pack of Deans and two amps uh, a couple weeks back. Yeah. And I knew that the black one had neon pink underneath it. So I had some free time recently. I got it on my workbench. I attacked it with a sander. I got all the hardware out first, obviously. I attacked it with a sander, and I liberated so much of that bright pink paint, and I'm so happy. I think it looks so cool. It's got this like rat rod, like unfinished car look where there's big blotches of black and white paint and a huge blotch of pink paint in the yeah. middle, and it's all just kind of a matte finish. I pulled all the pickups out, and then in the bridge pickup position... I slammed uh, one of those Tisco pickups, the mm -hmm. single coil size, but with. What like, did you get that off of? Oh, hold on, I'll get to that. But with like square pull pieces, yeah. I shoved that into the bridge position, single volume knob, straight to output. The thing is a twang machine. It sounds so cool. Uh, hopefully, I've got like a little demo out of it by this time. But I'm I'm really loving this guitar. I can't wait to get out and play it live. All right, so that pickup. Yeah. Remember when I got that parts Telecaster? 
Yeah. It came as part of the deal. Oh, cool. Yeah. It came with a bunch of like random pickups that the guy had been planning to stick in there. And I've had that thing in a box ever since for years now. Pick up in a box. We're just waiting for the moment to use it. Uh, the problem is it's an odd size, so it's really difficult to get it into most right. things. I saw this. I'm like, I don't care about this body. I don't care about this guitar. I'm going to slam it in there. I had to dremel out the sides of the pickup well, route. Congratulations, Ryan. Thanks, Steve. You have completely ruined any resale value. This $2.50 Dean. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Well, here's the thing. Those pickups go for like 60 bucks a pop. Right. So if I ever do sell this thing, I am for sure taking that pickup out. Like 100%. <laughs> I'm going to put the humbucker back in there. Right, right. <laughs> that, of course. That, that pickup is not leaving this, uh, leaving my possession. Uh, but yeah, I, it's a, you know, they make these Deans, they make, they intend to make them like entry level, like metal guitars. Yeah. And so it plays fast. Yeah. The neck is really, it actually, the neck nice. is really nice. Yeah. It's not bad. They, they couldn't sell these things in neon guitars for 200 bucks. You see them on eBay for like 170 and they're not selling, which is why I theorize that they took a bunch of them and painted them black to try to get rid of them. Um, but yeah, I'm just super stoked at how it looks. I'm stoked at how it feels. I'm stoked at how it sounds. It's a win-win-win. And I paid $2.50 for it, basically. $5 if you consider that half the stuff in the package doesn't work. So not a bad deal. Half? Oh, yeah, because the other neck, the other guitar is that crack neck. And the other amp is not functioning. So it's like a working guitar for 5 bucks, realistically. And I didn't... It could use a better bridge... But you could probably pull this bridge out and find somebody who would buy I have it for a, five bucks. I have a Mexican bridge sitting around somewhere that I can throw in there really easy. But yeah, I'm stoked on it. I've this, been posting this, pictures on the, the group. The fretboard on this thing still always trips me out. Yeah, it's like this weird plastic material. All right. But yeah, I'm stoked on that. You know what? Here's what I was going to say. It's, yeah, drag it on the ground, Steve. See if I care about the $5 guitar. Uh it's been like kind of like there you go. He's doing it. He's dragging it on the ground. <laughs> oh man, uh, relic class over here. Oh, hold on. Let me uh, let me uh, re- let me give you some money for the damage I just did. Oh wait, no, hold on. I think I improved it, so now you owe me. <laughs> it's been like personally therapeutic, I'd say. Oh yeah, to have a guitar that cost me basically nothing. And be able to just kind of rip it apart. And so, slam, so you've been having one of those weeks. Slam a pickup in there and just, you know, have like a good old fashioned like guitar modding time with it and not be stressed out about resale value, not be stressed out about trying to get it looking perfect. Like just kind of like have fun. It was really nice. Like I, I didn't spend a ton of time on it. I think it took me like 10 minutes to sand off the paint. I think I maybe spent an extra hour like swapping out the pickup and uh, putting it back together. Right. It was just a lot of fun. I would like to do that like all the time. I would just end up with a million cheap guitars around the house, which, you know, I'm pretty Some clo- guys do that. Pretty close to that already. But if I could flip that and sell that for 50 bucks, someone's going to get a playable guitar out of it and, and enjoy it, hopefully. I feel like with the paint half stripped on it, you're going to struggle to get. Okay, maybe 25 List at fifty, sell at twenty-five. Obviously, I mean, I've got that that first act over there. Maybe I'll do something similar with it, dude. 
slap slap a like two coats of clear on it. Uh huh. Custom finish. Just custom finish it. Custom finish. Four hundred dollars. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. Well, that's that's my news story for the week. Do we want to get into the, our regular? Yeah, let's have this first scheduled ad, content. Uh, this ad was sent to us by uh, Santiago Martin. It's a fifty cent effing vodka six foot life uh, size poster stand with a metal base. They're asking a hundred dollars. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess if you, I feel like fifty cent should be advertising for. Um, some kind of uh, like should be advertising for Hennessy or champagne. Uh, because, I literally know because, nothing about Fifty because, Cent other than um, that he's a rap. Fifty guy. Cent is is known for being in the club with a bottle full of bub. Um, I'm not sure why he's selling vodka, but really, I'm more interested in the fact that this is called this brand is Effen E F F E N vodka. Like I'll take some effing vodka. Yeah, please. I wonder if that's like the. I, I've never. Heard, I don't know a lot about vodka, but I just imagine like, hey man, give me some effing vodka, and they're like, kaching. That's not well. Here we go. Right, right. Um, I don't know. Would you? It's so you any, think it's you think it's wordplay to sell higher end vodka to people who are just like loose with saying effing in bars. <laughs> no, that's just what I want it to be. <laughs> um. Some guy walks into a bar and is like, I want to make it seem like I'm swearing, but I don't want to swear. Give me some effing vodka. Oh, so, we got uh, him. Let's let's get his money now. So according to Wikipedia, Curtis Jackson, a.k.a. 50 Cent, is um, a investor in effing vodka. He's a minority partner. You're telling me he's an investor in effing vodka? Effing vodka, man. Here's my question about this effing vodka ad, Steve. Effing vodka is from the Netherlands, apparently. Um, Here's my question, Steve. Part of Sire Spirits. Listen to my question. All right. Why are we talking about this? I don't know. It just seemed... Uh, it captured your heart and imagination, Steve? I I feel, felt like... Um, it I mean, was it's just, not a geography ad. Like It's not our specific brand of off-topic. We have been known to drink vodka on this podcast. From we did it time. once and it was gross. I would rather drink this effing vodka than that weird science vodka again. I got rid of that stuff. Did you? What'd you do? You took, threw it away? I took it to work. Oh, got rid of it that way. Yeah. Okay. That's a different uh, getting rid of. Split it up, split it three ways and uh, went home happy. You should have used it to sterilize equipment. Oh my gosh. Uh, and everyone was like, yeah, it does taste kind of weird. Um, but yeah, uh, okay. So I guess the question would be, uh, what's the price on this hundred dollars for cardboard cutout for cardboard cutout? How much would you pay for a cardboard cutout? (sighs) Rather, I guess who would the cardboard cutout have to be for for me to pay pay a hundred dollars? That is a good question, man. I mean, is this going to be in my living room or is this going to be like in my man cave, you know? You know, I don't... My, Stick it in my man cave. My issue is that I don't know how much cardboard cutouts I imagine usually cost. there's like a collector's market for them. Like certain ones go for a lot and certain ones don't. You can get a life-size cutout of yourself from Etsy for $31. Well, shoot. Why would I ever want this? <laughs> Did you just think what I thought? What? We need to make some for merch. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you and me, buddy. Let's be cut out and we'll sell them. Uh, there are some different. Now, 
you know, there's some different companies. Uh, I'm on shindigs.com. They range from $30 to $170. I don't know. Like, I I just, I don't, I I wish I could figure out. um, And of course, we do very little of any research before we start. None. Uh, You can get a Donald Trump cutout from allposters.com for $35. And he's the president. Um, It is 74 inches long. So it's basically, I think he is like six foot one, six foot two. So it is basically like a life-size cardboard cutout of Donald Trump. And you can do whatever you want to it. If you are a member of the conservative party, you can take your pictures with it. If you're a member of the liberal party, you can throw darts at it. If you're part of the alt-right, you can make love to it. And if you're part of the fringe extremist left, you can burn it to the ground. Whatever you want. Whatever you want to do. $35. Every day at allposters.com. Oh my gosh. Let's please talk about something else. All right. Let's talk about this topic. Uh, so earlier today, the way that we got to this topic is that uh, we purchased a Jumbotron message for the podcast, The Greatest Generation, which is a Star Trek, The Next Generation podcast. And I heard them talking about on their show that they have somewhere between 30 and 40,000 listeners. And I was trying to do the math to figure out what the chances are or what like would be what cut of that listenership would be guitarists. So my right. initial guess was like, oh, maximum it's gotta be like one percent of you know, just the general population are guitarists. It can't be that many. And then I was like, oh, it's probably more like like a tenth of a percent or something like that. And because we were trying to figure out is it worth it to spend 200 bucks on a jumbotron to advertise our podcast on another podcast? Um, I got onto Google and I asked Google real quick, what percentage of people play guitar? And I was shocked by the response that Google spit out at me. It said, it changed my question. I had some long question where I was trying to like really like communicate the specifics of what I wanted to know to Google and they shortened it down for me because they're smarter than I am. They said, what percent of people play guitar? Google answer states that 13% of adults in the USA play guitar, guitar players in the United States, even if there might be, okay, that's two, that's two different sentences. Okay. Even if there might be countries with a very low percentage, I guess that an average of at least 5% of adults worldwide play guitar. So this is from Google answers. This is probably someone blowing smoke, but do you think 13% could be accurate? I feel like 13% could be like that number. If you just grabbed a bunch of randos and you're like, Hey, and you guys play guitar and people are like, uh, and you're like, all right, how many of you guys play Wonderwall? Right, like you could get thirteen percent. No, I think it. I think if you did count up everyone who has played guitar, I think you could get above ten percent. But I think in the way that, I mean, the answer that we want is the amount of people who play guitar to the level that they would be interested in our podcast, which is probably going to be a lot closer to one percent, right? I just don't imagine that it's that high. Yeah, I don't know. Are you doing research right now on your phone? No. Well, what are you doing, Steve? I'm uh, talking about playing softball with your dad. <laughs> are you really? Not your dad. Just playing oh. softball. The general topic of playing softball with your dad. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Are you recording a podcast with the person you're talking to? 
I am playing recording a podcast with the person I'm talking to about about playing softball. With no, oh, okay, that's what I'm asking. Oh no, no, I'm you like, were asking. I am scolding you in an old school like school teacher way. Um, I already forgot. Do you want to share with the rest it, of the class, it, Steve? I already did. <laughs> we should have gone with the topic: Is Bigfoot real? Then it would oh, have been gosh. pertinent. Why would that be pertinent? Because I'm in the Bigfoot group. Oh, okay. Uh, the worst uh, group. Yeah, I don't know. I you know, thirteen percent. Like I said, it it, it kind of comes down to like what is your. I feel. I don't know. Like I go into I go into some gear groups, and the way people talk makes me think that, despite the fact that literally, I get paid for my music music experience. Uh huh. Like. Maybe I shouldn't. I mean, that's a, a different topic. Yeah. But I definitely think that there are people in gear groups who would be, be like, you're not even a, a real guitarist. Like, you don't know what a pentatonic scale is. Like, you're not a real guitarist. You know what it is. You just I, don't know I how to play it. I sort of know. I just don't. I mean, I don't really. I just don't really play lead anything. I play a lead ambient single note whale. <laughs> whale sounds. Um, but you play bass. Yeah, how do you I'm, how do you manage scales on bass? Because you're all over the place when you play bass. Well, I know like I know majors, I know major scales, and I guess that's I can, all you need to know. I for can church. convert minors. Okay, um, well, minor pent, all pentatonic is is really kind of like a minor, right? Right. I, I, you know, I, I I've played music long enough that like I I've got like a almost an intuitive sense of like what sure. what's going to work. Sure. Um, and and so I guess what I'm saying is like 13. percent I. I don't think thirteen. I don't think I would be on like the barely in the group side of thirteen percent, but I think there. Are, I definitely think there are, because I see posts in groups where somebody will be like, "Oh, hey, here I'm going to demo this cool thing I just got," and then I see where in other groups people are like, "Oh, did you see that guy in that group? Like, dude can dude's trying to like demo gear and he can barely play guitar," and I'm like. Well, he's better than I am, so <laughs> right. Um, so I mean, I get I get what you're saying. Um, well, I mean, personally, I think our invest- it's like a different. It's a difference between like, have you played guitar or do you play guitar? Like, right. I would be- I would believe that 13 percent of Americans have played guitar. I would believe that 13 percent of Americans own a guitar or have owned. No, I would say I would believe currently own currently own. 13% of Americans, that would be, I, I mean, I guess that would be roughly 30, no. 30 million Americans. I bet it'd be guitar. like 5% currently own a guitar. And it's like an acoustic guitar that's in the closet. I don't know, man. Cause I'm thinking, I'm thinking about people. Gosh. I mean, we're just guessing here. We have this, nothing to back this up. This is gonna, this is all gut instinct. This might get mean. Do it, Steve. Get mean. I want to hear mean, Steve. I'm thinking about people that we know who might consider themselves guitarists, despite the fact that in all of the time that we kn- have known them, we have not seen them play guitar. I've only seen them play guitar like maybe tw- once or twice. Or sure, times. sure. So, uh, so I guess like okay, here's a perfect example. Your wife, my wife, owns a guitar. Te- oh yeah, technically. technically. Um, your wife has played guitar in the past 
Technically. So I would say that she would fit into like that 13%. Sure. Yeah. No, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. Right. But so I'm saying like, so she, I mean, I'm, I guess you're saying people who have previously owned a guitar and would also call themselves people who play guitar. I don't know. I feel like if you don't own a guitar, it's hard to say that you play guitar. But then I've also known a lot of drummers. <laughs> that was only a little bit of a joke. Right. No, I've known a bunch of drummers who don't own drums. It's drums weird. Drums take up a lot of space. Yeah. Well, like they owned drums and then they sold them and they're waiting until their next kit. It's like they're going to yeah. buy a kit when they need it or something yeah. like that. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. It's an interesting to think, thing to think about. If anyone out there has hard numbers from some study or something that says how many guitar players are actually, you know, part of our society, I'd love to know because it's an interesting topic in my opinion. Should we move on to the next ad? I No, I, I, well, I thought we were going to talk about too big to be useful. Do you not want to talk about too big to be useful? What do you mean? Well, I thought the question was... No, that's the next topic. We're going to cover an ad now. We just finished a topic. Oh, I wrote them down in the wrong order. Oh. I see what happened there. Okay. All right. Cool. (laughs) Back. All right. So our next uh, ad here comes from Paul Pennington. He's been sending us a lot of ads lately. Didn't we cover him on something else? Last week, maybe? Nah, it's been a while. It's been a while. When was the last Paul Pennington ad? It's not a good thing I have this notebook. Oh, here we go. So this is a Rogue's Electric Sitar for $600. And what I wanted to talk about... January 30th, 2017. What? Well, he's been sending us stuff. I guess this yeah. is just the first one we've done in a while. Um, okay, I'm going to let you talk about this, but... I don't know why you want to talk about this. So why Why don't you... Why do you is think it, that? Is it the price? No. I just want to talk about an electric sitar. I is also it, want to talk about... Is it that... The brand. Is it that sweet, sweet crackle burst? I also want to talk about the crackle burst. So I've seen these things in public, in person. Um, I've always wanted to have a sitar around. Well, right. But the thing that always stops me uh-huh. is that I realize, like... You only need a sitar every once in a while for like that like 10 second portion in a recording where you play sitar as a joke. I don't know, dude. Because if psychedelic 60s vibe is your thing. Even in or, even in 60s psychedelic songs, there's not a lot of songs that feature sitar oh, throughout. There's, there's an or. Okay, you're going to read the description. Okay. If you're really into the sound of a sitar or... Uh, this is you. <laughs> if you just want more strings to play around with, this electric sitar could be the next step in your epic musical journey. It's an electric guitar with a semi-hollow body made from materials similar to down electric guitars. It has lipstick pickups. Are those really lipstick pickups? They look kind of weird. Uh, which sound very full and sweet. Also, that sounds like the opposite of a lipstick pickup. Yeah, yeah. The red crackle finish looks like lightning bolts made of fire arcing This person really came up with an epic description here. A black sky of awesomeness. I'm not joking. What makes this axe really different from just another sick guitar is two things. First, as a Goto buzz bridge. Is that an upgrade? 
Um, I don't think I think that's just that's just what it comes with. All right, this gives the notes from the main strings a very pleasing resonant buzz. <laughs> what? Sorry, uh, Ryan has decided to play his own YouTube videos to torture me, and by his own, I mean our YouTube videos to torture me. Uh, not like fret buzz. This buzz sounds cool, like a sitar. Second, there are 13 sympathetic drone strings fitted to the body with their own pickup and separate volume and tone controls. These two strings can do two things. They can be left alone, and you'll hear them ring out when you play notes on the main neck, creating a reverberant wash of sound. This is starting to sound cool to me. In the background, <laughs> or you're playing. Or you can pick them with your right hand and create arpeggios while you tap the main fretboard with your left hand. Search electric sitar. Yeah, whatever. I'm not going on YouTube for this. It sounds amazing if you say so. Uh, the drone strings can be tuned in a variety of ways. Right now, they're tuned to an e-chromatic scale. You'll use the you use the included harp wrench to tune them, which I won't lie is a pain. But when you get them in tune, they tend to stay there. Did I mention these things are no longer made? Did you do any research on this? I'm, I haven't I done any research outside of my okay. own experience of, of touching them. Uh, you can get them used around the web sometimes. One person on Amazon was trying to get like $1,200 for one, but that's too much. That is too much. You'll find most of the offerings be close to my asking price or higher. I'm focused on classical guitar these days and am trying to save up to have one custom made. So I'm thinning the herd. Buy this guitar. If we can come to an agreeable arrangement on the price, I will throw an acoustic kickback for it. You'll need it. So, like I was saying, I just I don't ever feel like I can justify buying one of these because oh, it normally has a pick guard. Yeah, there's usually like a little clear pick guard on the lower bout down there. Uh, I just can't see myself using it except for like random little parts here and there. Like it's not like I'm going to bust this out at church, and I'm not going to bust it out at like a dinosaur ghost show. And it would just be for random noodling around the house, but it'd be so fun to have a sitar. But well, then I don't want to spend the money and spend the storage space on it. I don't know why, but the way that this guy pitched it, that it's not really um, a sitar as much as it's a guitar with like a funky mute plus some sympathetic strings. Well, that's the way a sitar bridge works is like it's this big block that the strings rest against and they vibrate against the block. Okay. Like there's a level of like rattling that the strings does on the bridge. Like that's how that's how it works. Oh, okay. Um and then in a, an acoustic sitar, there's actually strings traveling inside the neck that give you the uh, the sympathetic uh, vibrations that that like harp section does. This is so weird. It's a it's a weird instrument, and it's weird how it mutated into an electric instrument. Like electric sitars are weird, and it looks like the Godo. The so the bridge is called a Godo sitarmatic. Yeah, um, I, they, so it's a standard bridge. Dan Electro came out with a sitar uh, guitar recently that doesn't have the harp portion. It just has six strings. Um, I gotta say, I'm. I mean, maybe it's the Kirkland Scotch speaking, <laughs> um, but I'm a lot more interested in this. It, it looks fun, I right? I thought I would be. I mean, for some reason in my head, every time I saw this, I was just thinking it was a guitar with a bunch of sympathetic strings on it. And that's not really that interesting to me. But the idea that like the the guitar itself, 
like the guitar part. Right, right. The part that I play actually sort of play. I sure, guess, sure. Um, is the part that is it's gonna basically if I'm a guitar player, I can make weird sounds without having to learn anything. Exactly, exactly. And it's not like so if I just want to ignore the extra thirteen strings. I can still play guitar and just get like this funky resonance thing going on. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't know why I, I just never realized that. So another thing I wanted to talk about with these is it's because these are like a popular model and like like a prevalent model of electric sitar. It's so bizarre to me that they come from the Rogue brand. Do you remember what these were new? It's it's. It's up there. I forget, but I want to say they were, they were like nine hundred bucks or something like that. No way for a rogue. I might be totally wrong. Well, the Dan Electro one is five hundred dollars. But looks show like. me the picture of the Dan Electro one. Yeah, that one's just the guitar. It doesn't right, have the, right, right. the extra strings. Uh, but it's weird to me that Rogue, which by the way, if you don't know about the Rogue brand, is basically the budget brand oh. run under Squire. Like Rogue is Squire's but Squire, but then they were like musicians' friend exclusive or something. But they've been making these before that. So check this out. I this is interesting. The Rogue sitar is based on the 1960s Dan Electro sitar guitar. Right. Which looks it's, there's someone trying to sell one for thirty three hundred dollars right. on eBay. That's for the original. That's freaking crazy. But it's so bizarre to me that this brand, I've owned a Rogue guitar that was a, a POS, like total oh, garbage. Dude, garbage. But then they throw like, they just like completely throw their energies into like this really legit sitar guitar. I picked them up. They play fine. They play great. So do you think, um, and they have, they play great. I don't know what else to say about it. Like, so legit, it's so like, bizarre to me. I've never picked up another rogue instrument f- from that brand because that my, I thought was worthwhile. Because my gut is like, well, maybe they look cool and they're weird, but like it's a rogue. Like I, I can't even like now. I'm looking at two of them that sold for one of them sold for four ninety plus shipping. Another one sold for five eighty six plus shipping. And I just can't wrap my brain around um, spending that much on something with the rogue. But it's so bizarre, right? Because like, I'm telling you that the quality is there with these things. Also, this one totally fits in a regular hard case. Yeah. Um, Open foam, like universal yeah. hard case. I just don't understand. I would love to hear from someone from that works at Rogue or worked at Rogue and was behind the development of this thing. Like, what weird magic storm happened over there to make it so that they could produce this instrument right under a brand name that typically made like the most budget like knockoff strats and other guitars that are like the most budget pieces of gear ever like it's so bizarre to me i this this thing just perplexes me and you're like you're saying people out there buying them used for high 400s mid 500s yeah that's not the kind of price that anything else that Rogue has ever made commands. Sure, sure. Everything else they make is like sub 125. Yeah. People are buying these intentionally mm-hmm. for that money. 
People have driven, it's not, driven that price up. Exactly. It's so strange to me. Um, but yeah, like I said, I wouldn't mind owning one. But then I have no reason to, so I can't justify it. And yeah, the the red crackle thing is funky. But then you saw on the Dan Electro, that's like OG. That's kind of what the originals looked like. So I don't know. It's so weird to me. Yeah. Maybe someone who's a listener has, you know, the story behind these, but I don't know. That's all I wanted to say about it. I just wanted to talk about this cool, man. funky piece of equipment that's out right. there. Uh, let's talk about the topic that I thought we were talking about last time. I guess we're talking a little more about demographics of of gear culture uh, than, uh, than straight up like real gear stuff. Sure. That's fine, um, though. That's something where I've we been, live. Something I've been thinking about. And it would require a little work on my part is integrating some kind of like gear news portion. I think I may have talked about this before. Um, let's just, I'll just say, um, if that's something you're interested in, shoot us an email. Like if we did like, like little parts on like things that have come yeah, out. Yeah, whatever's new, like every, because we record every two weeks. So there's always, there's always new stuff hitting the market. Um, it, it would, Sometimes, you know, obviously in NAM season, it's easier to find stuff. Um, but if that's something you might be interested in, um, let us know. Uh, 60humcast at gmail.com. You screwed that up so hard. Six zero, oh, sorry. 60cyclehumcast at gmail.com. 60cyclehumcast at gmail.com. Uh, and subject, gear news. All you have to put in the body is yes. Or no. Or no, I guess. Um, and then send Steve it to Steve doesn't us. want to hear from you unless you're egging him on and telling him to do it. I'm just saying, like, this is something that I've been thinking about for a while as adding to, like, um, well, something been, that we do. Behind the scenes, you and I have been chatting about you uh, doing kind of like your own, like, video series where you, like, face the camera and talk about things and kind of do little rants. I, right. I think it would be interesting for you, like when something new comes out, for you to basically look at the information that's available and do a rant about it. The same way people out there do videos like when there's the slightest bit of information available about, you know, some comic book movie. Right. They sit there and talk about it for an hour. Well, I also just think about it because like we don't do stuff like that, honestly, because sometimes it feels a little pitchy. Um, but we, there are a few brands that we get press releases from. Like we, literally, we yeah. will get emails that say, "Do not talk about this for two weeks." So you want to talk about it for two weeks? No, no, I don't want to talk <laughs> right. about it. But like, you these, could pre- you could prep something and publish on exactly, right. and, and we don't do it, and we don't necessarily do it on the show unless it's something that we're directly involved with. But you know, like I said, if this is something that that you guys would be interested in, then maybe uh, we can start focusing a little more effort into it. Because really, at the end of the day, this show is about you guys. No, it's not. I'm lying. Uh, it's about Ryan and I recording ourselves. It's about Ryan. It's about uh, Steve and I having an excuse to sit in my garage and drink every other uh, week. Uh, but uh, but no, but seriously, um, if that's something you guys are interested in, we'll definitely do it. Uh, for those of you who are familiar with Gear, New- Gear Nerds, I realize this sounds a lot like news and it probably is um but you know it's something that we haven't done because because, honestly we haven't done it because they do it 
Um, but if it's something you want to hear our take on, then maybe I mean, we'll we start can, doing it. We can do our own thing in our For own sure. style. It's not like they have a, a corner on talking about things like, that are right. Made. Obvious, obviously, Ryan. Obviously, right. I just, you know, I want to get a gauge for how many people want to hear us talk about. Sure. This All right. So the actual topic that we were going to tackle was sent to us from, by Adam Dolhanik. He commented in the Facebook group when I did a call for topics. Yeah. Uh, and he asked, at what point does a forum, the gear page, etc., or group gear talk become too big to be useful? Uh, this got a lot of likes. It did. Uh, when I screen grabbed it. It says three likes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't uh, know. Right, is that a lot? The only, well, in that thread, the only ones that I found that got more had to do with Nathaniel Bernecker slicing oh, his hand open. shoot. I didn't watch it. Either I tried to, and every time it got close to him using the knife, I I had to stop watching. I, I, saw, I saw a screen grab of his hand like <sighs> cut wide open. Um, and Tyak saying, why didn't he sew it up himself? I Are you having a moment? I would not be able to deal with it. Like, if I had been watching that live stream, I don't know what would have happened to me. I would have died, I think. I could not deal with that. It's still up on our group. I know, and I'm not telling him to take it down. No. I'm just saying I cannot, uh, and I'm glad I got the heads up about what happened in it before I watched it. Yeah, thank you for doing that during my 9 to 5 or yeah. 7 to 4. All right, so anyways, getting on the topic, uh, when is uh, when are groups too big to be useful? I think they're too big when the – I think it's all people dependent. It really is. It's all culture dependent. It gets too big when you say, hey, guys, I'm looking for a delay pedal under $200 that does X, Y, Z. It's okay to say, I don't know. It's even okay to say, uh, if you can save up another 50 bucks, you can get option you know, W. But it sucks when I, – I, I think it sucks – when you say, hey, guys, I'm, I'm looking for a compact delay pedal. And people are like, dude, just sack another pedal and buy a freaking Brigadier and get it over with. Right, right. You know, or El Cap or whatever. Well, I think those things. And I don't say two Strymon pedals like to poke at them. But but those are Strymon is a company that where a lot of people are like, just get a Strymon pedal, dude. Like, just what are you waiting the, for? Just get the ultimate, you know. Yeah, just uh, just uh, hey, I've got a uh, I've got seven hundred dollars for a two band. What should I get? Oh, if you're not getting a you know matchless chieftain, yeah, if you're not getting a matchless chieftain, go home. If you're not getting a Morgan, like why, like just freaking get a Fender frontman. I think you're gonna get that in a group of any size, though. It's the it's the amount you're gonna get it. But well, that's what I'm saying. Like you're you're gonna get that no matter what. But I've seen in large groups where like somebody says like, "Hey, recommend me a a fuzz under a hundred bucks," and half the responses are like recommending a. $180 fuzz pedal. Right, right, right. I mean, recommendation call outs are dumb anyways because it's like, just do the research yourself. Go watch demos, you know. Um, but to me, those things are just symptoms of the problems that you get when a group gets sure. too large. You get like, when a group gets really <laughs> large, you start losing the legitimate responses right? because people are trying to just get in there as fast and as hard as they can and make their, uh, to put their footprint on the moon. Be like first, first I was the first, you know, 
or right, like, but, but I made the I made a big impact. I got the most likes. You at know. the same time, like I made the biggest joke. You know, the reference here is is uh, Gear Talk and the, the Gear, gear page. page, and I don't feel like either of those oh. things. Like I don't feel like people who are responding to questions or observations in those groups are necessarily like trying to be first. Yeah, um, that's true, I guess. But like, I don't see like that type of trolling in gear talk, but I do see things like, all right. So the big thing in gear talk, praise and worship for the, for the week that we're recording is there's like a super long thread about like some where some guys like, okay, I just have to say it. John Mayer's overrated. And it's like one, no. Two, who are you? Three, how many times has your album gone platinum? Four. This is just a counting game at this point. What? I don't understand. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, My nine. My favorite ten. response actually in that thread was. 11, 12. <laughs> was, uh, was. Show me on the doll where John Mayer heard Oh my you. gosh! But if we're let's let's take this backwards a little bit. If we're sure. gonna if we're gonna use the gear talk and the gear page as kind of the uh, the litmus test for this, they're right. on two two extremes in my opinion. Yeah. On one extreme, uh, you've got uh, gear talk where the patients are running the nut house, basically. Right. And like they have mods over there that are great. They're great. The problem is that even though the mods are great, the admins are great, they're keeping, you know, certain kind of problematic behavior from happening and addressing it when it does, it's become a breeding ground of a certain kind of troll that is making these trolls make a certain kind of post that is like just <laughs> just under the wire of what they can get away with and kind of like sneaks in is like, is this a legitimate post or is this a troll? I feel like there's so much troll content content. There's so much troll. ah, I can't talk. There's so much troll content in gear talk, especially praise and worship right now that you can't tell what is a troll and isn't a troll post anymore. Right. And it's just turned into like a, you know, a swamp of jokes that aren't funny. And it's stopped being a to use, you. It stopped being a useful group in way where like I look around on there and like there's not even really that much like gear talk going on. And like when I post, you know, I you know I'm selfishly posting videos there, dem- right? Demos that I do, like hey, watch this. You get zero feedback on it. Like no one's well, interested in actual I think, content. I think that's another. That's actually an interesting kind of like thought that that you hit on is if you are looking at a group for a lurking, like if you're a lurker, right. you know, a person who reads a group but doesn't necessarily interact with the group particularly often, like that's definitely a frustrating scenario. I'd sometimes think that like even like our group can be frustrating oh, for sure. people who lurk because they're but it's because there's so many in jokes. Right. But you know with But our jokes are funny, Steve. No, they're not. They are uh, damn funny and you know it. <laughs> So, but you know, it's one of the things where it's like, well, are these jokes where everybody's in on it? 
versus like trolling as a ultimately trolling as a joke where the only person who's in on it is the person who posted it. There's a and, lot and of that I, in Gear Talk. And I've long said that like there's like I actually don't think trolling I think trolling a subgroup can be entertaining. But if you're trolling and nobody else gets it, what's you're the point? Just being a dick. Right, right. Like if you drop a troll and nobody else is laughing but you, maybe you're not that funny. You're probably not. Most trolls aren't funny. It's more about just like, gotcha, you know. And then on the other extreme is the gear page mm-hmm. where they're so bogged down with rules. I think it took me like six months of like messing around here and there on the gear page to actually figure out what I could actually do on there. Like that's because wh- all you wanted to do was post demos, <laughs> but still, like I get on there and I made it a point to interact and like be part of the community and like right and like and you know roll around in that group and it's just not very fun to me in the opposite direction because there's n- there's no room for being loose with the content. There's no room for having a little bit of a culture. It's just straight dry gear posts right but then like every now and then for some reason it's okay for people to be just like angry and belligerent belligerent and abusive and but i i don't get it like there's not room for there to be kind of humor there's not room to you know be posting kind of i don't know right it's hard to explain but it's it's just this completely different culture there was a lot more like like strict and a lot more like serious yeah. and people are very tight lipped over there. I feel like with the Facebook groups, what you get is a constantly evolving culture. I mean, ultimately like, sure. yeah, a lot of things that people complain about different gear groups on, uh, that are Facebook groups is that like, Oh, I have I saw some something the other day where someone's like, I haven't seen a a good. Th- I haven't. I've only seen this. Like, I only start. Okay, so what it was is somebody complaining about a brand, and they basically said like, Well, I've seen like four or five of these in the last like three months. I never saw any before this, and whether or not that was a legit complaint, like that's another topic. Gosh, man, we could have talked about Ellie guitars this. This oh episode. I don't want to talk about that. We also could have talked about lava cables. Um, so so the flip side is that um, you have uh, brand you have so you have that where you have this constantly evolving culture and it's always kind of shallow. Sure. Um, well, so you, Facebook groups are different because eventually that content disappears. Right. So it's like it's not a, a like forever written record, even though you could search for it if you know how to. Well, e- even like the groups, like forums, like the gear page, and I, and I'm in a, I'm actually in two forums that have this on a small scale, where like one of the one of the forums I'm in, which was which used to be primarily a gear forum, uh-huh. and now is more of a community of people. Uh, because it's gotten so small, um, but I think we'll highlight what I'm getting at is um, th- that things will turn from being 
like very broad because there are a lot of active people. Sure. To as that number condenses, you start seeing more and more groupthink because the people who right. are left who want to deal with other like it's like who's gonna what what troll group or what even mentality is gonna survive the longest? And the people who are typically the people who are the most belligerent are the people who want to like stick it out because they have convinced themselves that they are the only right answer. Right. They're the one who's convinced that what that something is important. So they're gonna, right. they're they, gonna they stick around because it's important to they them. They have something to prove. You know. I mean, I've said for a long time that if you get a troll in your group, just try to make them part of the community because they'll become like the big they'll become a big part of your community yeah. if you can get them on your side you know they've already spent like 2 days posting every 12 minutes <laughs> i mean if exactly. they've got that much time to dedicate to making your group bad like what like, yeah, what they are they going to really do to good. make your group good yeah and that, i think that's been a big difference and you know obviously we don't have the the behemoth of you know 30,000 people on our group to deal with but that's been a big difference between our group and you know, say like the gear talks to the world. Sure. Whereas like we kind of look at, we handle trolls a lot differently. Like we don't immediately block or delete people and we don't like censor a lot of stuff. You know what I want to call? Know? We tend to like call people out and be like, Hey, why are you, why are you doing this? You look like a dick. And, and now you have to deal with this in a public forum. Cause we're just going to call you out instead you know, of like, you know what I want to know. I've been trying to figure this out. What, what do you want to know, Steve? If I'm going to go your way, I haven't thought about that song in like a week. <laughs> um, I can't do this on mobile, so I can't give you numbers on the fly. Sure. But since April 1st, which oh, was the okay. last time we advertised gear, <laughs> 60 Cycle Hum Praise and Worship, we have added like 100 people. That's crazy. Maybe not 100, but like 50, at least 50 people. Maybe not 100, at least 50. Okay, it was 25. All right, you all got right, me. It was, it was all eight. Right, it was six. <laughs> um, no, we, there are 428 members of 60 Cycle Home Praise and Worship. This is a group that is open for one day a year. Yeah. I, I put, because the thing that I realized the other well, day here's, is here's as the admin, I can post whenever I want. Right. And so I made a post and was like, where are you guys coming from? And all I got were trolls from 60 Cycle Hum. Thanks, guys. <laughs> I tried to do some honest scientific research. Uh, I think this what's happening is that people who are looking for us are seeing that and joining it as well. But I'm not seeing those same ads in the main group. Maybe they're already in the group? I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, if you... Maybe we need to put a sticky post at the top and explain to people, hey, join our regular group. I think we should uh I think we should put a sticky at the top to redirect all these people to the show. Yeah, yeah. Um maybe we need to do a praise and worship podcast <laughs> for our group that has less than five hundred people in do it. We, I don't think I have time to do yeah, no, me either. Four podcasts. Episodes every yeah. two weeks. So where are we? Where are we trying to go with this? Like, I I think if I think you're in a group that's going south, I think it's just time that we all admit it's time to just quit. Well, you know, something I I literally or just stop visiting it. Like, if you stop visiting a group, like Facebook stops showing it to you. Yeah, you can unfollow a group. I did that for a while with uh, with some groups because I just. 
I realized that for me, like I was the troll. Sure. Um, and I don't think that's necessarily bad that I was the troll, but I was the troll. Um, I will also say that uh, in literally, two, it's been two years ago, man. This is two years. <laughs> your, uh, your little scroll Two harder. years ago, I said, hey, Ryan, I want you to make me a meme. The hashtag is hashtag scroll harder. Just throw something together for me. And it was uh, a guy, you know, whatever. Uh, and I mean, I think the biggest thing for me and all, especially Facebook, where everything is so transient, is what people need to realize is that if um, if something on Facebook gets a like or gets a, especially if it gets a comment. Um, yes. It's going to. Yes. Bump it to the top of the group. Oh yeah. 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 So, so commenting like, Oh, this thread is dumb. We'll push it up. We'll push it up. So more people, whether or not they think it's dumb or not, are going to comment on it. So, like, you got to realize that if you like something, I think it's the same thing. That That's going to drive it, too. Um, so that's where I came up with the idea of hashtag scroll harder, which is like, look, you're scrolling through your Facebook feed. You're seeing what's there. If you see something you don't like or you see something that, like, all you can think about is trolling it, maybe you got to scroll harder. Yeah. And, of course, that's a that's a pun uh, on, on uh, you know, people say, like, oh, Oh, you're trying to be funny? Troll harder. Right, right. Which is also, also, there's a, also, there's also a thing that I say. There's also all kinds of tools on Facebook now where you can like un, like you can hide posts and stuff like that. You don't have to see posts that you don't like. I don't know. I feel like this this topic's gone a little off the rails. Um, I, um, I think what kind of train would you say that it's on? A crazy train. All right. Cool. Um, I think generally like home. there's no good hard rule as to when what makes a group good or bad it really just comes down to if you like being there or not. right right it's all about groupthink. i mean and i don't mean that in a negative way it's all about groupthink and culture and whether or not that's a thing you want to be a part of and i think in some groups uh some people just like little, to watch can get a little sideways um but you know the one thing that i think for the most part i've i've really liked about 60 cycle hum as a group i i posted a th- i posted a thread today um was it today maybe it was yesterday i watched the new paramore music video uh-huh and this guy's playing this like crazy looking guitar and i don't i didn't really want to take the time to google it i could have i guess um but he's playing this crazy looking guitar it looks like it could be modern but also looks like it could be vintage so I was like, hey, guys, look at this video. What what the crap is that? Yeah. And I got like two or three like super legit responses. I also got on a side tangent of whether or not the current music being released by Paramore is as good as the music that they released five years ago, um, which is a, another different topic. Sure. Um, but... Like everything stayed pretty central, and I knew like I could post that. That I mean, I guess one of the things that that 
maybe that when a group gets too big is when the people who are genuinely knowledgeable and want to help other people learn are burned out on it. Yeah, totally, totally. Like I'm, I'm totally burned out on most of the gear talk. Like I'll be scrolling through there and I'll be like, okay, there's something I can offer my advice on here. And then I think about it like, I don't want to get 200 notifications off this post. Right. And I just won't comment anymore because I don't want to go down that road. And it's like that even keeps me from trolling. Like, like <laughs> oh, I could make a wit. I could make a dumb little joke here. Do you even? Do you? Even, I don't want to deal with like the the wall of like notifications. I'm going to get off. Do you this even thing. notifications off, Ryan? I don't. I wish I did. Uh, I wish I had the uh, the personal fortitude to turn notifications off. All right, let's jump on to the last, last ad. I'm bored of this. Yeah, topic. we uh we had a different ad, and I was like, no, dude, we got to talk about this. This is important. This is from Michael Van Zant, which is why it's important. No, yeah. it's not. That's not why it, the reason it's important is because the Last Jedi is coming out in like Steve is seven shaking. months, seven months, seven months. Steve was having a miniature seizure. In this is a there. Darth Vader Fernandez Nomad travel guitar, three hundred fifty dollars. This is a, This is an incredibly collectible travel guitar made by Fernandez called the Nomad, twenty four inch scale. This is not a toy. I think I played a Nomad once. It's kind of a toy. Kind of a toy. Uh, it's a real playing quality guitar. Consistently ranked as the best travel guitar made. I thought Traveler guitars were consistently ranked as the best travel Traveler guitars don't have the built-in speaker, though, do they? That's true. What about that Yamaha silent guitar that comes with the stethoscope? Yeah, but ain't got no speaker. No one else can hear you. No one else wants to hear you. That's true. Has a built-in amplifier powered by power by a nine-volt battery. They do not make these anymore, and it especially not Star Wars themed. There is one on eBay for seven hundred dollars from Japan. I think it was manufactured in two thousand two. Only three hundred and forty were released in the United States. Works and plays needs adjustments. There are plenty of scratches and dings, so it's not perfect. It's a really cool guitar. No case or certificate of authenticity. I did these come with certificates? Of- I probably. I mean everything kind of does, which is not needed. Like I I believe that this that someone didn't fake this. There's yeah. no way someone made a copy of this to fake it. Um I think this is okay. <laughs> it's all right. Um have you ever played one of these? I haven't. I have. I had an ex- not a Star Wars one. There's a Boba Fett one! Yeah, I know. I know, Steve. It's okay. Shh, shh, shh. It's okay, Steve. <laughs> Settle down. All right. So I played one of these. Uh, the Boba Fett one's not as good as the Darth Vader one. A long time ago, way back in the day when I was, when I was a teenager, they had one in Music Central, which is a local like band instrument rental yeah, shop. Yeah, we happens. talked about this like... Um, Three months ago. We talked about me playing one of these guitars? No, we talked about Music Central. Right. So anyways, uh, the it was up on the wall. I was looking at stuff, and the salesperson was hot to show me this guitar. Hot to trot. He's like, you got to play this Fernandez. Mm-hmm. I was like, uh, no, I don't really want to play that Fernandez. He's like, play the Fernandez. <laughs> he pulled it off the wall, literally put it in my hands. like, play it. You're going to love this. And I played it, and I was like, okay. It's all right. I mean, it played like a regular guitar. Right. It has a built-in amp. You turn the knob and like the gain goes up. 
it was cool, I guess. <laughs> like that's my only experience with these things. I mean, three forty, no, three fifty. I mean, if you're building like a Star Wars collectible den and you play guitar, then I guess go for it. Yeah. Well, what I I like about this, and I'm looking at the Boba Fett one versus this one, is uh, I feel like maybe because it's all black, and because I think of like Darth Vader, the the helmet as being kind of more of a of series of rounded shapes. Sure. Um, I think the where, way the speaker aligns works. Oh, it works really well with the helmet. Uh, whereas the Boba Fett one, like, it to me. it's also a helmet. Um, but he doesn't have that round eye. Boba Fett's helmet is yeah. more rectangular. So yeah. There's a lot more hard angles in it. And it just doesn't really like fit The speaker in. really disappears with the Darth Vader one. Yeah. But here's my critique. This is not the guitar Darth Vader would play. Oh, of course not. What guitar do you think Darth Vader would play? Ooh, I like where you're going here. Yeah. Uh, I, well, my first thought is, you know, now that we know about Darth Vader and that ultimately he's just driven by his love for like he's turned to the dark side because he can't have the thing that he wants and the thing that he wants is that uh padme loving um i'm thinking les paul black beauty i could see him playing a les paul black beauty yeah totally it's got the right balance of black against chrome like yeah yeah it's classic you know it's you know he can depend on it like the the uh the empire is very utilitarian however um as I you know I, I don't know the exact backstory offhand, but Darth Vader, as we know, wields a red lightsaber. Mm. Um, oh, actually, we do know why. It's because uh, his lightsaber was lost when Obi Wan Kenobi like sliced him to bits on uh, the lava planet of right. uh, what was that planet called? I don't know. Uh, uh, the thing is, it's called Lava World. It starts with an M. I saw it in the Mario game. I think it was just called Lava so, World. Is it the Mario game? Is there a Mario? Uh, um, is there a Mario Star Wars crossover? No, <laughs> like they travel to the same worlds, basically. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, like wherever Jar Jar Binks is from is basically World One in every in every Mario game. So when they when they battled on Mustafar, you know. Obi-Wan Kenobi cuts off his like legs and his hands, basically. Right, right. right. He already lost one hand. He dwarfs him. Um Dorf? Yeah. Dwarfs. Dwarfs. Dorf golfs. Dolph. Oh my gosh. That's old. That's a reference yeah, and a half. A dad reference. Uh, um so uh so they have this thing and and then so he loses his lightsaber. So he builds a red one. And um and the of course the red one is because it uses a a cracked uh, kyber crystal or synthetic kyber crystal. We're getting so nerdy. that's why it's red because the Sith can't use like real kyber crystals; they have to use synthetic ones. Um, and so that red lightsaber design, I can't get away from uh, either the Jackson Randy Rhodes red trim, all right, or the Eddie Van Halen Frankencaster. I could see him playing either of those. Sure. I mean, any aggressive guitar with a monochromatic or with red kind of accents is going to work for Darth Vader. Right. Like he could play a Flying V. He could play an Explorer. He could play an SG Les Paul. He could play, I don't think he could play a Telecaster. 
Or, no. I don't think he can do really anything Fender-ish unless he gets into what was that? Maybe one? a katana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Fender katana or a performer. But then people would be like, Vader, what are you doing? That's so but it, weird. It couldn't be like a. It have to be. Oh, you know what, Vader? No, Vader's so utilitarian though. Like, like everything with the Empire is so utilitarian. Like he, he's. I think the Black Beauty was the correct instinct for sure. For sure. The question is, does does excuse me, does Vader want to shred? And I almost think this might be the one. The white katana? The white katana. I don't know, man. Black katana? I think black katana, if he's going to do anything, he wears all black, man. Does he keep a close heart on this? Keep a close watch on this heart of mine? I wish we had an editor to make that joke work. I technically edit the episodes, but I'm not going to do, uh, I'm not going to sift through this to find that problem. Exactly. Um, do we want to hit any other Star Wars characters real quick? What guitars they would play? What would Luke Skywalker play? Well, he starts with the blue lightsaber, but then he loses it. Let's loses not talk it. about lightsabers. Let's talk about guitars, Steve. You got hiccups from thinking about Star Wars too hard. He has such a character arc. Um, I think young star, young Luke Skywalker would jump straight on like the Ibanez gym because he's like, I'm just gonna be the best. I'm just gonna like rip it, but he just can't like handle it, you know. But then like older, more refined Luke Skywalker, jazz box, yeah, totally. Like he's like, um, like I, you won't believe what I'm gonna do with this one pickup jazz box, and it's just gonna like cut heads off. You Le- know? Leia Skywalker, Leia Organa, uh, Princess Leia. Uh, you Prince, really got those hiccups. I do. You? Prince, uh, Prince Cloud. Why? I don't just know. Just because of like his crazy shapes and like her hair. Yep. All right. Also, uh, Lando Calrissian plays the same guitar. Yeah, they share it. Uh, Han Solo. Definitely Telecaster. <laughs> These hiccups are cracking me up, Steve. That uh, Han Solo is the outlaw. He's got to go Telecaster. Yeah, but it's like a super like rat rod style one. Where it's like got, it's got at least one hot rail. It's a cooter caster. There we go. There we go. Yeah, Han Solo definitely plays a cooter caster. Chewbacca plays like the ZZ Top fuzzy. The ZZ Explorer. Top fuzzy. That's a lot of fuzz, man. <laughs> Jesus, that's a lot of fuzz. I'm gonna keep this going just to keep you hiccuping. I know, I hate you. Chewbacca loves the fuzz. Like, you give him something smooth, he's not gonna love it. Uh, who's left? <laughs> Obi Wan. What does <laughs> what does what guitar does Obi Wan play? <laughs> Obi Wan's the jazz box guy. Actually, no, you know, no, no, no. Obi Wan plays because old. I think, he, like I think he's got. I think he's got to go. I, you know, no. Obi Wan plays like a Tisco man. No, 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 he's out in the no, desert. No. He's out in the boonies. He's pawned off like his high end thing, like forever ago. You're to, wrong. This is you are wrong. Are we talking about? Are we talking about uh, a New Hope Obi Wan? Because that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about New Hope Obi Wan, but I'm looking at look. <laughs> I'm looking at his entire character history. So I watched okay. a vi- I watched a video the other day. So sit. Semi-old Obi-Wan Kenobi I'm loving these is in Star Wars Rebels. Are you familiar with Rebels? Rebels is the post-Episode 3, almost-Episode 4 Disney an- animated series. I'm not familiar with this one. All right, it's on Disney XD. Okay. 
I watched this video clip the other day, which is so you know Darth Darth Maul survived episode one. Okay, get to the point. So Darth Maul survives episode one because when you're cutting, I don't half, want a freaking another ten minute thing about lightsabers. Can you just shut up? Okay. Uh, when you when you get cut in half with a lightsaber, you don't necessarily die because a lightsaber cauterizes the wound. Sure, sure. So Darth Maul actually survive, survives. And uh, in the whole Clone Wars series, like ev- eventually they bring back Darth Maul. The hiccups are intensifying. <laughs> um, and uh, so apparently they finally end this in Rebels because Darth Maul, like he just becomes obsessed with chasing down Obi-Wan Kenobi and like killing him. Right. So finally they meet and like Obi this and that and whatever. And, and Darth Maul goes like toe to toe with Obi-Wan Kenobi. And, and it's like three lightsaber strikes. And you know what Darth Maul is capable of one uh, because we all saw the Phantom Menace and it's like three strikes and Obi-Wan's just like, Nope. Peace out. Darth Maul. Yeah. Three strikes and he's dead. Okay. Cuts him in half. And it got me thinking that what they're trying to portray with that is that when when Obi-Wan Kenobi surrenders to to Darth Vader in A New Hope, the reason for that is you have two characters there who are effectively equals. That both of them know that this could be a duel that lasts for hours. Right. And the only reason, so that's why it goes slow because both of them know like any opening that I give, the other, my opponent will exploit it and destroy me immediately. This is taking so long, Steve. So that's why Obi-Wan surrenders, right? Because he knows he can become one with the living force. Right, right. And come back as as a ghost. My whole point being, Obi-Wan Kenobi plays a Stratocaster in old age. <laughs> Why? Because a Stratocaster is a guitar that everybody owns, but only few truly master. Sure, sure. I still say, uh, you know, New Hope, Obi-Wan, when you find him in the desert, he's rocking a Tisco. He picked it up at a pawn shop when he finally had enough money because... You know, he dude, sold, he left Coruscant with his Stratocaster. He sold the Strat. He's though. got a 54 Strat. It's worth 200k, but he's never letting it go. He's you, he needed to sell it to buy food. He lives in a cave, like, he lives close to like the worst city in the entire galaxy. He can't afford an apartment there. He lives in a cave. Do you ever think maybe he lives in a cave because he doesn't want to live in the worst city? Dude, there's like sand people crawling all over the place outside. He's already in the worst place. He didn't. It's not like he's out in the country alone. <coughs> there's like sand people like busting down his door, and he's having like scare him off by like making weird noises. Like, I hope he is this, not in a good part of town. I hope this isn't the week that our uh, the Greatest Generation ad drops. <laughs> All right, uh, let's wrap this up. Uh, you want to tell us about the songs through your hiccuping? No, I don't. I want to tell you about our sponsors, That's Sinusoid. Right. Good old Sinusoid. Pro Audio Couture. If you are looking for cable, maybe you want that special color text flex. Maybe they don't have it on their site. Sinusoid.com. Send them a message. It could be that they will get it in just for you. I'm holding out for Rainbow. 
No promises, though. They'll no do promises. whatever they want. They're their own business. Yeah. We're just throwing that out there. Uh, yeah, I, I requested a certain kind of text flex for some cables for me, and I'm really looking forward to them. Are you doing the black and white stripe? Yep. You spoiled it, Steve. Sorry. All right. This episode is also brought to you by Walrus Audio, makers of the Monument Tremolo. It's a harmonic tremolo. It's a standard tremolo. It's got a bunch of bells and whistles, but at its core, it's a rock solid, like keep forever, core of your tone tremolo. I'm really impressed by it. You will be too. Go check it out. Watch our demo. Yeah. This week's song is sent to us by Russ Stanziel. Uh, Stanizal, Stan. Oh man, you can do it, Steve. He even sent us pronunciation. And I'm still killing it. Uh, you're not killing it. You're murdering it. He's in a band called Big Daddy Whiskey. This song is called Supernova. He says best. I can recollect speaking of Obi Wan Kenobi. This is a 1998 Buck Owen signature model Telecaster going into my 1974 Music Man 2x10. Pedals could either be a tube screamer or a soul food or both. I really don't remember. Man, these hiccups. I know. I'm sorry you had to endure them for the last 10 or so minutes. Uh, I'm also sorry to my wife because I told her I would be leaving 20 minutes ago. (laughs) All right. Enjoy the song. Bye. As each one slips away And the faster I move Then the more that I fear I hasten the pace That my days disappear Because we all burn Like supernovas High and fast And then it's over Just like those old Chevy Novas That take a lot of gas To make them go real fast Well, the beat of my heart is a measure of time And each beat takes a drop from that bucket of mine And when I'm with you, I've consistently found That my heart beats fast, you know it never slows down And we all burn like supernovas Hot and fast and then it's over Just like those old Chevy Novas that take a lot of gas to
like supernovas. Yeah.